Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio. Noel T. Manning II here hanging out with Adam Long. Adam from Focus Newspaper. Focusnewspaper.com is where you can find out more about Adam. Uh, also, Movie, Geek, Movie Geeks United, we'll talk about our, uh, our buddies over there. Uh, you, can, you can find Adam talking about uh, Blu-ray releases, some DVDs, and uh, other assorted stuff as they allow. Uh, how, how often do you go on that show, about once a month? Uh, it's once a month, yeah. My appearance will probably be coming up. Uh, I think we're going to take my next appearance next uh, Sunday, so I should be. Their their stuff's available on iTunes, so uh, and it's free. It's all free, so uh, we'll be. Uh, I'll, I'll be there probably not the next show, but the next one. So right. that's a once a month thing. So if you can't get enough of me uh, here, then uh, that'll fill the gap for you. <laughs> all right, and uh, and also let people. I'll let people know that uh, if you want to find out some other uh, movie reviews, you can listen to Blindside Movie Reviews every Friday, uh, right here at eight a.m. and at uh, one p.m on WGWG.org for an encore presentation uh, to uh, listen to Jay Forey, um, a BFCA member and a blind film critic talking movies. And, uh, and this week, um, shared, uh, shared thoughts on The Intern, which uh, you and I will also talk about on this particular mm-hmm. show today. Uh, we'll also talk about, uh, there's another film that's in limited release we'll talk about today. And uh, for folks who uh, have never heard the show, we do talk movies. Uh, sometimes we'll pick a hot topic. Uh, where we just focus on that. Uh, other times we look at box office results. Uh, we give you reviews. Uh, it varies from week to week, but uh, the one thing that doesn't vary is we do talk movies and we share about our love of film and cinema. Uh, last weekend, the box office, not a big surprise, man. Um, number one film, not not didn't surprise me at all there, but uh, there were several films in uh, wide release uh, debuted. There were actually, uh, I think we had... Uh, Four uh, major debuts. There were some limited release, which I think five, maybe six overall in limited release. Uh, when you count all of that, uh, six six new films last weekend. Um, but uh, within the top eleven, you had uh, four of those who were debuting in the top eleven. Um, some you know selected theaters in that. Um, we'll start off. I'll I'll, I'll share. Uh, last week I talked about Captive, which did debut last week in limited theaters at eight hundred and six. Uh, it was number 11 last week with $1.3 million. Uh, reviews of that are typically pretty decent uh, across the board. There's some mixed reviews, but uh, for the most part, some decent reviews for Captive. I gave it a good review last week. Everest, uh, you and I both shared our good comments on that last week. Opened up at number five in only uh, 545 uh, screens, and those were IMAX screens. Uh, budget of that, $55 million. So really a limited, uh, very small budget. Uh, compared to what we see in some films today, uh, but the films we're talking about uh, today that are in that uh, that top five, top six, all of those are under that, uh, you know, sixty-one million dollar threshold, which is pretty interesting. Uh, at a time where we're talking, you know, one hundred and thirty, one hundred and seventy-five, two hundred million dollar pictures, so um, not not a not a bad uh, bad take for uh, for that seven point two million. It'll expand this weekend into other theaters. Uh, the Perfect Guy was number four last weekend with nine point seven. The Visit, uh, really actually holding in there after a couple weeks uh, in the top three, Adam. Uh, the Visit was number uh, three last week, $11.5 million, $5 million budget. Uh, Black Mass, uh, Johnny uh, Depp's film Black Mass was uh, number two last week. It debuted there at number two at 
uh, million uh, over a $53 million budget. And uh, Maze Runner Scorch Trials, this is the second uh, installment in that, Adam. Uh, $30 million gross last weekend, $61 million budget. Uh, any thoughts or feedback on any of those films uh, that you wanted to share? I did see uh, the Scorch Trials, Maze Runner. I, uh, that was um, not as bad as I had expected it might be. Uh, I, I only went uh, grudgingly because my son is a fan of the books. He's read them. and uh, So I went. I had not seen the first one. He filled me in on the details within two minutes. And, um, All right. <laughs> so I was pretty much able to, to keep up with it. I think it helped that I was able to crack jokes uh, to my son from time to time <laughs> to keep things so we, we had yeah. some laughs going on but he's very well versed in movies obviously uh, he's he, he is my son you know so uh, we had a lot of fun picking up the references to uh, the the how they stole elements from other films in this movie it was it was just amazing and I guess people who aren't as uh, cinema literate would not get that but my son picked up on it he's 14. He picked up on elements from uh, the Michael Crichton version of Coma from 1978. Wow, okay. He picked up on elements from The Lost World, Jurassic Park. There's, in fact, a, a scene that's an entire ripoff of the scene where Julianne Moore is trapped on top of the glass in the uh, trailer hanging over the side of the hill, if you remember, and the glass cracks. And, yeah. You know, she's about to fall to her death, and... So the, that whole scene is repeated in this film. Wow. Uh, and there's also elements of deliverance, believe it or not. Uh, there's elements of uh, I Am Legend and the Omega Man. Wow. Uh, because they have these creatures who look just like the ones from I Am Legend and the Omega Man. So, and and when I say coma, they have bodies that are suspended from the ceiling like they do in the film Coma. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is, I mean, you, you're looking at it and you're like, and you're thinking to yourself, well, people who don't know these movies aren't going to pick up on this, but it was so blatantly obvious to, to us. We, we we noted at least five films where they, they cribbed things from and probably some things that we didn't catch. But uh, the story's kind of generic. You know, the, the kids in the first, you know, it's a futuristic universe where uh, in the future they they've got a disease that's wiped out mankind and the kids are the only hope for the future of uh, the survival, so they take them and do tests on them and this, that, and the other, and at the end of the, the f- first film, they had uh, just, the, the kids were just kind of uh, le- left, um, well, I think one of their, they've been separated from one of their friends, or, or and, and so that's where this one picks up, they go to find their friend, and, and he's been this suspended room with the sus- suspended bodies, I mean, and uh, just, and then it winds up with them being uh, having to go across the desert in some kind of a chase where they call it that's where you get the scorch trial from because it's a scorch trial and and then they wind up in the mountains and Patricia Clarkson shows up and you find out that uh, there's really a plot that's more insidious and evil than what you realize that the kids are basically pawns in the game of life and so uh, you know it ends on the cliffhanger that you would find in say like the the Hunger Games and the, the kind of thing that just, you know, the, the, they're wanting people to come see the next installment. So, anyway, it, it's, uh, visually, it looks good. You know, the effects are decent, but uh, it, it's, the story is just kind of generic, and you, you've been there, done that kind of thing. You know, nothing really to write home about. And uh, 
So anyway, I, I'm going to give it a C plus. Um, if you have kids who have read those books, you'll probably they'll probably be probably be more forgiving than I was. But anyway, um, you know, could could have been worse. So yeah, you know, there's uh, there are so many of these movies out, and there are a lot of the books out too, the young adult uh, fiction. Yeah. But you know, you mentioned the Hunger Games. There's also the high, the whole Divergent series uh, that's out now, and and this. So I mean, right now, you've got three different franchise films um, that that are, are three different franchises uh, that are still alive that are going after this kind of young adult audience, and they're all these kind of they're all futuristic, um, like you know, kind of dystopian society. Uh, and there, there are so many similarities um, in, in many ways. You know, if, if you if you put the storylines side by side, it, it'd be hard to kind of separate them uh, in in some instances. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the characters, of course, that can kind of that show the differences. But uh, you know, look at the conflicts. Um, the, the conflicts are all the same. Um, you know, they're all having to to kind of. Uh, you've got the youth having to do the battles. The youth trying to to make amends for what uh, for what their ancestors did, one way or another. Uh, or, or the or the youth, they're the ones that are the targets and, and being punished. You know, it's it's been there, done that. Um, but for some reason, the things are still finding success, and they're still finding success in uh, in the novel forms, in the written form, uh, and also on the in the screen. Um, so, um, you know, I'm I'm just wondering what that next franchise uh, is going to be, and uh, I, I know it's being worked on. I just I don't know what that is, but uh, but we'll yeah. see. Because uh, the Maze Runner is going to be around for at least another uh, another film or two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think the the next one's in 2017. I believe they're they're not going to do anything next year. But uh, anyway, now I've got to go see it. Now I've been sucked in. <laughs> kinda, you know, I guess. Yep. There you go. Anyway, whatever. Well, uh, so also uh, so that as far as the top ten, that's really the only thing that I've seen that we haven't already talked about. I think we talked about the visit. And and would you yep. consider this a uh, a success, the visit for uh, M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, actually, I would. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's staying in the you know staying in the top three. It's uh, it's going to make uh, going to make the money back, and so yeah, I would I would say this is a success for him. Uh, you know, it's not nowhere on the uh, nowhere the kind of success uh, that we uh, that we saw with uh, with the Sixth Sense, but you know, a five million dollar budget, it's made fifty two million back. Um, so I, I think Universal would consider this a success as well. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, Shyamalan will be back again. Um, successful from a critic standpoint, uh, you know, I, I thought the, I thought it was okay. We talked about that last week. We both kind of gave our thoughts on on that film. Um, you know, not one that I'm going to go back to and, and revisit again and again and again. Um, yeah. Like I have The Sixth Sense. I mean, I've I, I've seen that multiple times. Uh, as well as uh, some of his other films, uh, but in in, la- in latter years, I haven't gone back to uh, to the the films he's been producing the past few years. So uh, this one, uh, he, he made money on it, and um, it's uh, yeah, I would say a success. How do you feel about that? I would say yeah, uh, considering the the return on their investment, yeah, it's, it's I would consider that a success. I I do believe. Yep. Yep. All right. There's, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, there, there is a film that did open uh, in, in uh, opening actually this weekend in limited release. Uh, that's got uh, Emily Blunt and um, wow, who else is in this uh, this film um, that uh, you got a chance to check out? I have not been able to see the screening of this one yet, but uh, opening this weekend. Sicario. Sicario. Yes. There you go. There you go. 
Yeah, it's um, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Uh, he's the director of, from a couple of years ago, Prisoners. It came out two years ago, and then he also directed um, Incendies, which both of those were pretty good films, I thought. Uh, this one is um, about an idealistic FBI agent. And the government, he's uh, uh, played by Emily Blunt, and she's this uh, the, the government task force is led by Josh Brolin, tries to get her to aid in their war against drugs, and uh, so she reluctantly joins and finds out she's kind of a, a pawn in their game. I used that expression earlier, I know, but it works here as well, and uh, she gets kind of caught up in the middle of it, and um, uh, you know, the movie has a lot of violence in it. Um, it's the kind of film where they're trying to preach against violence, against violence caused by this drug cartel, but they also, the film revels in violence at the same time. So it's kind of a conundrum when you think about it from that perspective. Uh, there, There is a human element present during the film that I liked. Uh, there's a police officer, and they, they keep intercutting scenes of this police officer, Mexican police officer, with his family, and it's subtitled. And you wonder where this is all going, and then it finally ties up at the end of the movie uh, that this police officer, he's just a regular, you know, they're contrasting him with these drug dealers who make tons of money doing these illegal activities, and this guy's just trying to do his job and raise his son and, 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 and his, you know, be a husband and just do his thing, and he gets, unfortunately, caught up in the middle of it as well. They tie that all in, but it just contrasts his life with their their lives. And, of course, um, during the uh, the final half hour of the film, it's, there's some really exciting set pieces there when the Emily Blunt character figures out what's really going on and uh, feels like, finds out that she's kind of been duped. You know, I don't want to give too much away, but... Uh, the movie does have a few plot holes in it. Uh, our colleague uh, Lawrence Topman was there uh, with us during the screening, and he pointed them out very, uh, very admit. And uh, when I thought about it after reflection, I thought, you know, he's exactly right. <laughs> and if you if you don't pay attention too close to the in, in some of the things, uh, there's a, there's a sequence where the Emily Blunt character is kind of set up, and it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it. Um, it's it's kind of illogical, but that's okay uh, if you're willing to go along with it. It's it's a well shot film. Roger Deakins, guy who shot the last James Bond film, Skyfall, and he also shot Villeneuve's last film, Prisoners, or second to last film, not the last film. His last film was Enemy, the one before Enemy, Prisoners. Uh, he shot that. He's a great. Uh, he's worked with the Coen Brothers a lot, so the film has a lot of great technical detail. Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, like I said, it does have some some plot logic. Uh, issues that keep it from being a total home run, but it's uh, all in all, it's it's a pretty powerful film and one of the better things I've seen here of late. Okay, so, and the name of the film again? Sicario, and it is out in limited release. We'll be getting it um, in wide release theaters everywhere October second. And it is but rated it's, it's R. Worth, uh, it is rated yeah, R. It's as rated well. R, yeah. and it earns its R rating with the uh, the violence. But the violence in the film, you don't feel you feel like it's kind of warranted because of the subject matter. Right. You don't feel like this is violence just for violence sake. It's violent because it does present to the audience the world that these characters are in uh, dealing with this drug, these drug cartels and this violent, the violent world of 
of these criminals. Right, absolutely. And uh, I'm not sure what the answer to that problem is, but it certainly does uh, present some, some, some of the issues to, to us, the audience very clearly. Um, but uh, there's definitely, and there's also a revenge element in the film, which I won't get into, that kind of rears its head during the final act, too, which kind of, and Prisoners was also a revenge film, if you remember. So oh, I wonder. Yes. That seems to be a subject uh, matter that Villeneuve keeps returning to the the revenge yeah. motif. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's it's a B plus and it's worth seeing. Um, certainly one of the better things around. So. Good deal. Awesome. Uh, also, we're going to talk this week about the intern with a couple of Academy Award winners. Uh, yep. We've got Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro in this film that's written and directed by Nancy Myers. Uh, also, mm-hmm. Renee Russo uh, has an interesting role in this film as well. Uh, you know, Myers has done things like Something's Got to Give, What Women Want, uh, The Holiday, It's Complicated, and uh, if you want to go way back, uh, as a director, she did The Parent Trap uh, several yep. years ago. Uh, producer, she produced uh, quite a few things. Um, you know, Baby Boom, uh, Private Benjamin were a couple of those yeah. early films. Uh, she Father produced, of the Bride, right? Yeah, and Father of the Bride, and uh, she wrote, actually, I think she wrote uh, Private Benjamin in um, Irreconcilable Differences, which was just an amazing piece. Uh, as well, so she's got uh, got a lot of uh, a lot of history uh, in film going back to 1980. Um, yep. So uh, let's get your thoughts on uh, on this uh, this film uh, with a couple of uh, great Academy Award winners. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is it sure is great to see Robert De Niro doing something besides mugging for the camera simply for a paycheck, because we've been seeing nothing but that for the last five years or so, and I had really kind of given up on him after such stuff that he's been involved in as these projects like Grudge Match and um, The Big Wedding, which, by the way, got a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. And The Little Fockers, even, is not really the best of that series. I think he started really... It was pretty evident after a little... He's been on this trend ever since Meet the Fockers, where you could tell that, that he was... You know, he, before that, he was he was not really accepted in the comedic role, but he 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 was kind of cast against his type when play in, in that comedy, and and he's been coasting on it ever since, and he's really taken it to a, a dangerous level in in the last five years. But uh, here he returns to form, uh, doing some serious acting in the film. I, it's really nice to have a film that gives us a seventy-year-old character and it presents clearly the challenges that people in his age group face after they are widowed and or retire. In the case of this character, he does both, and he doesn't really know quite what to do with himself. And so he sees an ad for uh, offering a position as an intern for this upstart company that Anne Hathaway's character uh, has... She's, she needs some. She needs some help, but she really doesn't want. She's put puts out this ad, but really, or once she, once the people start coming in for her to interview, she starts getting second thoughts and wishes she hadn't done it. But then she eventually becomes uh, uh, attached to the Robert De Niro character and uh, her, and realizes that her life is out of control in a lot of ways because she's so driven by her job and her home life is suffering to a certain degree. And um, she really begins to realize how she needs to take control of the reins at home as much as at work. And he kind of shares his wisdom with her and they kind of help each other out 
you know, and there's a, a subplot also involving um, Rene Russo as a massage therapist that uh, he becomes romantically involved in. And uh, the only really negative thing I can say about the film is that it does. There are a couple sequences in it where it detours into Hangover-style hijinks. I would say uh, that that type of humor that you know, you see in the Todd Phillips films. Uh, there's a scene where Rene Russo is giving a massage and. Um, he gets uh, excited, shall we say, uh, by her massage, and of course that's played for huge laughs. And uh, there's another scene where De Niro and some of the other interns have to break into Anne Hathaway's mother's house to retrieve a laptop that has a message on it that uh, she didn't mean to send to her, but it's going to hurt her mother's feelings if she reads it, so they have to get in there and get out before the cops come because they've broken in the alarm and this, that, and the other. And So those hijinks are kind of silly and just could have been left out but and the movie does veer to towards over length it's two hours and three minutes but uh if you can get past all of that there's some really warm and winning moments in the movie and uh i don't know it's it's uh, i'm gonna give it a, a b minus it's uh you know not uh you, you could do a lot worse all right b minus for the intern uh, that yeah. is in theaters uh now and uh it's uh, got de niro and hathaway yeah. As well. All right. Uh, what other uh, movies you want to make sure we chat about before we wrap things up? I know we've got one opening uh, next weekend that we're going to probably go into a lot more detail about next weekend. Uh, uh, a sci-fi film with uh, with a little uh, twist on on Mars and in uh, a, a different kind of Martian from what uh, you and I kind of grew up thinking about. Yeah, um, it's the Matt Damon film, the new project from Ridley Scott, the director of Blade Runner and Alien, of course, and. It's uh, it's uh, his adaptation of a celebrated novel called The Martian, and uh, he gets stranded on Mars, and um, chaos ensues. <laughs> well, not quite chaos, but uh, anyway, really, uh, we'll really get a into story. It for really next a... week, of course, because we we're on embargo here, we can't really talk about it too much. But, um, but you can talk about the story. Uh, you can share the story uh, just as far as your your uh, major review. Can't go into that, but you can definitely talk about the story. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's it's about him trying to survive on Mars after he's been basically left for dead. Uh, his the, his crew that he was with they um, they assume that he's dead because they get caught in this massive storm at the beginning of the film and. And so they, they have to leave, or they're going to get stranded as well, so they leave, and uh, his, the crew is led by Jessica Chastain. She's in the film as well, and uh, so they have to leave him behind. And uh, so the rest of the film is about him trying to survive until they can get help, which they, say, they tell him will take uh, about four years because there's quite a time difference between Earth and Mars. So that's the, uh, that's the gist of the film. So uh, how, how does he survive? Well... You'll, you'll have to see it to find out. So. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, Ridley Scott is uh, staying on the sci-fi track again. He's also working on uh, yeah. Prometheus 2 uh, that actually has a, a new title, Alien Paradise Lost. Right. So it's got that direct connection, uh, no longer uh, ambiguous connection to the Alien films. Uh, now uh, Alien Paradise Lost. And also he's planning on doing a, a 20,000 Leagues adaptation um, as well. Um, so, uh, you know, Ridley's... Uh, at 77 years old, the guy is not, uh, right now, not slowing down. Uh, and he's, you know, doing some high-profile, high-budget kind of projects uh, that he's working on. And uh, so looking forward to, to talking more about that next week and, uh, and, and giving, uh, getting that full review uh, next week as we do that. 
Um, any other uh, comments or thoughts before we wrap things up today? You want to make sure you share any uh, new Blu-rays? You want to give some uh, well, thumbs yeah, up Well, yeah, we for can talk about them. Um, just very quickly, uh, if you want to uh, talk about uh, a few Blu-ray releases, one of your uh, favorite films from earlier this year, Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of my daughter's favorites. Uh, let's make sure we clarify that. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, jiving. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that, that came out. That's out now. And um, also, um, we have... A few other movies worth mentioning. Jumanji, the 20th anniversary. Can you believe it's been 20 years since wow. it's Jumanji? Wow, wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, Moonrise Kingdom, uh, the uh, Wes Anderson film. I think you're a fan of that, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Yep. Yeah, it was. Sure was. Uh, Rocky Horror, 40th anniversary. Uh, the Sentinel and um, the, uh, the Legacy. Uh, those are two from Shout Factory, uh, horror films from the late 70s. You may remember those. Uh, Legacy is actually directed by Richard Mark Wand, who directed Return of the Jedi. So, interestingly enough. Indian in the Cupboard, remember that one? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that takes you back. Uh, Some Kind of Hero with uh, Richard Pryor. There's another one. Uh, SFW, uh, and like I said, Pitch Perfect 2. And uh, for us, the living, the Medgar Evers story, which is a, a pretty good docudrama about Medgar Evers and Eaten Alive, which was Toby Hooper's follow-up to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, Dirty Work. He, uh, that's the film with the revenge comedy with uh, Artie Lang and uh, Norm Macdonald, which I actually find it kind of uh, kind of endearing. I <laughs> have some funny stuff in there, actually. Mannequin and Mannequin Two. Okay. How about that? There you go, man. The the so double the, the double whammy point. right there. Yeah, so there, those are a few uh, things that you can expect to see on your video shelves. Good and, deal. Um, I'll have to talk more about uh, Pitch Perfect 2 at a later date. I received my copy, but I have not had time to look at it. And I didn't see it in the theater. That was one I missed. Okay. So, yeah, anyway. and, and I was not a big fan of it in the theater. I, I thought it I, I got, that was an average film. Um, and I'll take a look at it again. But uh, my, wife, my daughter loved it. But like I said, I just found it uh, somewhat average, um, but uh, did quite, quite well at the box office. One of those that, uh, that held on strong for, for quite a while. So it'll do quite well also uh, on DVD because it'll have uh, people will be able to sing to it at karaoke parties and all that fun stuff. So there you go. This has been Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio, WGWG.org. Uh, you can always uh, listen to us uh, by archiving. Uh, checking our archives out at WGWG.org. We're also on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud.com. And you can interact with us on Facebook. So if you want to go to Facebook and look for Cinema Scene and look for us, you can interact with us and share your thoughts on movies as well. Till next time, that's Adam Long, FocusNewspaper.com. I'm Noel Manning, WGWG. And until next time, that is a wrap.